Hello everybody and welcome to Jags Across the Pond podcast episode number 24, Titans review and the Ravens preview. So firstly apologies for there being no podcast a couple of days ago, main reason being as I posted up on Facebook was there wasn't a lot of positives to talk about in the Titans game and I didn't want to have another full negative podcast so far, I would summarise it a little bit and add it to the preview for the Ravens game podcast today. So what we're going to do today is we'll have a quick snapshot look at the insights of the Jaguars versus Titans game from last week. And then we will move on to hopefully better things and see how we match up against the Ravens on this Sunday's game. So let's start off by looking at the doom and gloom from last Sunday. The Jaguars hosted the Tennessee Titans and we came out losing the game 31-10. This extends our losing franchise street record now to 1-12. and It's going to take a very, very poor season to, to ever beat this type of season yet again. Let's have a look at the top stats from both teams on Sunday. So Ryan Tannehill threw for 212 yards and two touchdowns. He had 19 completions from 24 attempts. Looking at the Jaguars quarterbacks, we started off with Mike Glennon and he only threw for 85 yards in half a game. He had 13 completions for 23 attempts. We then made the change when Mike Glennon threw an interception in the third quarter and brought in Gardner Minshew. Gardner Minshew threw for 178 yards and one touchdown. 18 completions from 31 attempts. So overall for the Jaguars, 31 completions from 54 attempts, 263 yards only. However, there was no sacks on either QB on the day. Looking at the Titans rushing game, the old Derek Henry, the leading NFL rusher, and oh boy did he go out and steal the show this week. 215 yards from a total of 26 carries and two touchdowns. There was then a couple of runs from the likes of Woodside, who had one carry for 18 yards. Then we had McNichols, 11 carries for nine yards, and then a couple more further down the line. Then on the flip side, looking at the Jacksonville Jaguars, James Robinson only managed 67 yards rushing on the day from a total of 12 carries. We then also had Minshew had two carries for 22 yards and LaVisca Chanel one carry for two yards. So the Tennessee Titans really nailed down on James Robinson this week and didn't allow him to break away and play his game. And also due to the fact we went down quite early on again, meant we didn't give him the ball as much as we probably would have liked to have done. Looking at the receiving yards, so for the Tennessee Titans, leading receiver on the day, AJ Brown, 112 yards from seven receptions and one touchdown 
with a long of 37 yards. Then their second leading receiver on the day was Jeff Swaim, who is an ex-Jaguar. Three receptions, 34 yards and one touchdown. The Jaguars had 10 different receivers again this week. Leading the receiving yards was Keelan Cole. Seven completions for 67 yards and a touchdown. That was the first drive Minshew came on for. LaVisca Chenault, six receptions, 49 yards. Colin Johnson, two receptions for 33 yards. But looking down the order, our wide receiver one had nine targets. He only completed two for 16 yards. So another bad week for DJ Chark this week. Jaguars leading tackler again this week, Miles Jack, 10 total tackles, 1.5 tackle for loss. Trey Herndon was second with nine tackles in total. And then a special mention goes out to the other new linebacker who I mentioned previous week's podcast, Giles Harris, with five total tackles, but one sack and that also resulted, obviously, in a tackle for loss as well. Just another mention again, Chase On recorded zero stats on the day yet again. Jaguars re-signed kicker Rosas on his first field goal of the day. He slipped and it was blocked. He completed one of two field goals on the day for 53 yards and one extra point also. Also, not the best of days for Logan Cook. He had four punt aways. However, neither of those punts were inside the 20-yard line this week. So as you can already tell from these top-line stats, not a great day in the office all around for the Jaguars this week. So I won't give a rundown of a play-by-play breakdown this week, solely due to the reason there wasn't a lot to take away from the game at all. So what we'll do is we'll have a quick look at the stats and then we'll see if there was any takeaways that we'd like to take away as a positive or as something to look forward to from that game. So the Jaguars had a total of 354 yards on the day compared to Titans 454. The Jaguars conceded 10 penalties which resulted in 80 yards down the field which again isn't a very good positive. We obviously threw one interception, which Tannehill didn't throw a interception this week. However, the Titans did concede a fumble, which the Jaguars did recover. Looking at the score, so the Titans scored seven points in the first quarter and went up 7-0. That was the AJ Brown one-handed catch into the end zone. Then in the second quarter... The Titans scored themselves 10 points to the Jaguars 3. In the third quarter, the Titans got themselves 14 points to Jaguars 7. And in the fourth quarter, there was no score at all, leaving the final result at 31-10. Putting the Tennessee Titans at top of the division and almost definitely making a playoff spot right now. So was there anything to take away from the game? So the negatives, we can probably look at when going against an elite running back in Derrick Henry, we really, really struggled against the run, which was quite surprising because we've done pretty well this year. I mean, we did well against Derrick Henry in week two, but also we did pretty well um, stopping the likes of Dalvin Cook, um, Nick Chubb as well. We didn't 
allow this many yards. So this one really hurt this week, watching Derek Henry just break through play after play after play and then not playing the majority of the fourth quarter as the Titans put in the backup running back. So not a great bit of positive to take away from that this week. Also, the Jaguars struggled on that first touchdown for the Titans with a flea flicker, which I believe is the first one I've seen all season against the Jaguars. It really stunned them and obviously resulted in the first touchdown to AJ Brown on the day. The second bit of negativity is the issue we have got with the problems at quarterback again. So in the third quarter, we had to send out Mike, we had to send out Minshew to replace Mike Glennon. I mean, we've been calling for Minshew to play, but if we wanted Minshew to play, we wanted it from the off and not coming in in the third quarter when the opposition have already been warmed up and ready to go. Minshew been out of action for a couple of months. However, his very first drive resulted in a touchdown but it did start to go downhill from there. Mike Glennon had his fourth turnover plus a safety in the last six quarters, which is absolutely incredible that we even kept him out there and started him again this week. So Minshew came out and, like I said, a little bit to the rescue, but then it did palm off a little bit and didn't really go in the favour of what Minshew would have liked to have finished the game off. On, on Sunday. So what positivity was there to take away from that game? Well, mainly James Robinson. We mentioned him every single week on the podcast. He continues to impress. He did, however, struggle this week to get away, mainly down to O-line difficulties, I believe, this week, where we didn't have, obviously, Norwells being out and also missing Brandon Linder. In the fourth quarter, James Robinson ran for 47 yards and became the first undrafted rookie in NFL history to top a total of 1,000 yards within the first 14 weeks of the season. Like I said, it took up until the fourth quarter to, to break that record, but he is now over the line. He is now the only fourth undrafted rookie in NFL history to reach 1,000 yards rushing in total. I'd have been, he is definitely out there to, to finish top of all the records set for an undrafted player this season and hopefully be considered for Offensive Rookie of the Year. Was there anything else positive to take away? Absolutely not. There was nothing else positive to take away from that game. We lacked energy, we lacked spirit, we lacked drive, which is everything we would have asked for in a division rival game. We were just totally blown out of the water from the get-go in this game last Sunday. And it was a very difficult watch indeed. Probably, in my opinion, one of the worst games to sit and watch all year. It just didn't sit comfortable losing to the Titans and losing so badly as well, especially on our home turf. So now let's move on to this week's matchup. Jacksonville Jaguars at Baltimore Ravens. So looking at the history between the two teams, the Jaguars actually lead overall 12-9. to 9. But in Baltimore, the Ravens are 6-5 and five against us. The last time Jaguars met the Ravens was in our victorious 2017 season where we 
Thumpton 44-7 and what a great game to actually be at and witness and I bet there was a lot of you fans out there as well who was at Wembley and watched just absolutely fresh the Ravens. I can't see that game repeating itself this week especially with current form from the Jaguars and then the current form of the Ravens. So let's have a quick look at their leading players so far this year. So Lamar Jackson is their quarterback with 2,218 passing yards. He has a completion rate percentage of 63.9. He has 18 total touchdowns and threw for 7 interceptions. He does also have 28 sacks against him. Leading rushing yards also goes to Lamar Jackson with 793 rushing yards this season. Then their actual running backs, Edwards and J.K. Dobbins, have both gone just over 500 yards each respectively. And they have both picked up six touchdowns each and J.K. Dobbins has picked up five touchdowns. Overall this year, the Ravens have run for 2,259 yards and a total of 19 touchdowns on the ground. Looking at receivers this season, their leading receiver is Brown with a total of 605 yards and five total touchdowns. Their second leading receiver is their tight end, Mark Andrews, with a total of 532 yards and six touchdowns. Looking overall, receiving yards, as we've said about um, Lamar Jackson's throwing, 2,365 total receiving yards this year and 19 touchdowns in total have gone in the air. Looking at their defence, their rookie linebacker Patrick Queen has a total of 92 tackles this year with two sacks and has also picked up an interception as well. Other notable mentions on the defence goes out to Humphrey, who is one of their cornerbacks, with eight forced fumbles this season. And also, the game we probably didn't want to play this week, going up against Colias Campbell, ex-Jaguar legend, four sacks this year in total, and also Yannick Ngokwe from that trade he took from the Vikings. He has been in and he has recorded one sack in approximately four or five games he has played for them. The biggest notable mention standout for their defence overall is the amount of forced fumbles the Ravens have inflicted onto other teams' offences this season. 24, 24 in total forced fumbles this season, which is a huge number there. So how can the Jaguars compete this week against the Ravens? So looking at the offence first, we do see the return of Gardner Minshew at starter this week, who will be going out for a fighting position of wanting to stay within the team and within the organisation. So will look likely to want to go out and obviously get the win. He will need to have probably a career best day this week as he'll need to have some good connections with DJ Chark, LaVisca Chanel, Keelan Cole 
and all the other wide receivers, also Colin Johnson as well. Hope to see a bigger connection between those two also. We also will need to see James Robinson get into his game and back into his stride. So hopefully that would therefore mean that we, we don't go down 7, 14 points early on so we can actually play our game and run the ball. As you know, with Yannick Ngokwe being a ex-Jaguar, we know that his run defence was pretty poor. And actually, overall, I believe the Vikings' run defence isn't actually fantastic. So it could it could pay dividends this weekend. We could go out and have a good showing, especially with James Robinson. And also, hopefully, with a little mobility from Gardner Minshew as well, where needs be to scramble the ball across. But that being said, Yannick Ngokwe will probably be out wanting blood this week. Main reason being, obviously, how the treatment went from when we when we traded him away earlier on in the season. Um, he's probably going to want to go out and prove a point to the Jaguars fans and to prove a point to the Jaguars organisation as to why they should have paid him and kept hold of him, really. Then you also have Kalias Campbell, not 100% certain on his fitness levels going into this game. But we have Kalias Campbell, who I, I, I previously stated a couple of moments ago, a Jaguars legend, I believe that's what he'll go down as, the mayor of Saxonville, what people also call him as well. He has obviously been the bread and butter for the Jaguars defence over the last few years. And obviously with not having him this year, um, it really has shown that we've struggled to kind of keep the momentum going for full games and really just had that clear leadership from someone at the front. Obviously, that's going to now go to the Ravens and Kalias Campbell will be out there doing what he does best. And obviously, he'll know our our O-line pretty well. So he'll know what sort of moves to kind of get around the majority of our guys. So he will probably be looking at getting a sack or two on Minshew on the day this week as well. So what we also need to do, which we mentioned in previous weeks, is obviously keep that connection with the tight ends as well. We could be looking at a lot of short passes, four or five yard passes, which Minshew does do a hell of a lot, to be honest. He'll escape the pocket and then get the ball dumped off to who was supposed to be a blocker, like James Robinson, for example. Um, we need to capitalise on these short passes to our tight ends, which is what Vikings do very well, and we'll discuss that in a moment. But to stay in this game and stay competitive, we need to go out and um, get a score early on to get the confidence up of the whole team and get the guys going. We need the O-line to be confident in knowing where Minshew is all the time because that's where the difficulties lie. With Minshew being more mobile than the likes of Mike Glennon, the O-line struggle to kind of keep track of where he is in their peripheral vision and therefore they, they, they kind of panic a bit and they're kind of just working on um, how the D-line are approaching them and where they need to kind of protect and n not know where obviously Minshew is. It's obviously, that's quite difficult for those guys. So we need to see a bit more of a connection there between those and a little bit more chemistry between them. Looking at the defence side of the ball today then, so we... We have still notably got a few injuries, um, especially in the secondary again. And that becomes quite scary with the likes of Lamar Jackson obviously throwing the ball. We have come across quite a few elite quarterbacks this season. Um, and we've said this on numerous weeks on how great some receivers are and how great some quarterbacks are and their connection. And actually we have done a pretty good job uh, on certain occasions, but we're just not grinding out for the whole game. 
That also being said, Lamar Jackson is very good at extending plays. So we will see the Ravens go for it on third and four and go for it on fourth down, potentially on fourth and one, because they're pretty confident that Lamar Jackson can definitely extend plays. Um, He is obviously leading Russia this season for the Ravens. So therefore, we kind of know that he's good at scrambling away and getting those extra yards. He doesn't have a fear of crossing that line of scrimmage and getting himself away when he knows that he has no receivers open. That could go in our favour a little bit because normally, except last week, we have been pretty good on um, stopping the run. So if we um, stay on Lamar Jackson and don't allow him to, to, to run off, then we could have a good game this week. We need to obviously keep at that pressure that we had been doing in the previous weeks, especially against these better sides. When we've been playing these better sides, we've been putting in a lot of pressure on their O-line and hunting for the ball. So we need our defence that have been showing up of recent weeks. We like to see the likes of Miles Jack coming in, Joe Schobert, Giles Harris, and then obviously our D-line also as well. It'd be nice to see Chase on to break the line at this point this season. Smoot again. We need to see these guys really putting the pressure on Lamar Jackson and not letting him slip away. Because when we played against, obviously, the Texans, we allowed Deshaun Watson to get away a few times and extend plays and obviously win the game for them. The Ravens obviously also come off the back of a very good victory, probably arguably one of the best games all season in the NFL. Again, Monday night football against the Cleveland Browns. So they're going to be full of confidence and ready, fighting fit to go this week. Scarily for our defence, the Ravens are actually rated number one in the NFL for 173.8 rushing yards per game on average, which is a huge number considering it's not coming from their running back. So obviously we went up against Derek Henry last week, week before that Dalvin Cook, they're the two leading rushers in the league. However, overall, the leading Russia's rushing team is actually the Ravens who we go against this week. So it'd be good to see how we how we fare against stopping a quarterback from breaking that line of scrimmage and getting those extra yards. The Ravens have been struck with a few COVID cases again this week. Um, most notably, wide receiver Marquise Brown was placed on the reserve COVID list back on Monday. It does mean he could be eligible to play at the weekend, though, providing he doesn't get a positive test or show any symptoms. So let's move on to predictions for the game. So the 8 and 5 Baltimore Ravens are playing the 1 and 12 Jacksonville Jaguars and the bookies have it set at 13.5 points advantage to the Ravens which means that they believe that the Ravens will win by two touchdowns so 14 points and the spread is set at about 47.5. So what does that mean really? So actually it means that the Ravens are going to absolutely annihilate us and it's probably one of the biggest it's one of the biggest spreads this year against the Jaguars and it doesn't look very good after all the stuff I've just briefly spoke to you about and also looking at the stat lines. But that being said, when we've had the higher spread we have done really well and kept it within. So notable games being against the Packers, 
and the Browns this season as well. So for me, I think we're going to have Gardner Minshew throwing for over 299 yards again this week. And he is going to throw for two touchdowns. I also think that James Robinson is going to have an over 100-yard game again this week. But then looking at the Ravens, I believe they're going to be far too strong for the Jaguars. And I could see Lamar Jackson being their leading rusher on the day again and rushing in for one touchdown and also throwing a touchdown to Mark Andrews as a minimum. Looking at my score predictions, I am going to say it's going to finish 31-17 to the Ravens. 31-17 to the Ravens this week. I can just see the Jaguars starting off quite strong. The defence coming out and forcing Lamar Jackson for a couple of free and outs. But I think over the course of the whole game, like the rest of the season, I think there'll be coaching mistakes and also fatigue will get to the Jaguars, which will lead to the Ravens coming victorious and the Jaguars going 1-13 and going into Christmas. So that concludes the podcast for this week. I can see it being an entertaining game this weekend. Hopefully it's going to be a lot better than what last week was and if it was better than last week then we'll have our podcast on Tuesday. We'll probably only have one podcast again next week due to the fact it being Christmas week. So we'll probably record the preview show and the review show next Tuesday as we'll want to have a few days break over the Christmas period and not have to stress out and worry about what the Jacksonville Jaguars are doing again. So thank you all very much for listening in again today. Hope you are all keeping well. And again, apologies for not recording earlier on in the week. Just thought it'd be better um, for everybody, really, only having one podcast a week at the moment going into um, Christmas as we'll start to cut down the amount of podcasts now with the season finishing in three games time. So thank you all very much again. Continue to interact with us over on our social media platforms. We have a little bit of a discussion at the moment about the quarterback situation and what the Jaguars are likely to do with, at the moment, second overall pick, which could become the first, but it could could stay the second or we don't know what's going to happen. But that's the debate that we're talking over on the Facebook page at the moment. Um, as you may have seen from the post a couple of days ago, all the remaining Christmas jumpers had all been shipped out. So it would be great to see a couple of pictures of those up on the Facebook page where possible. Um, thank you all very much. And we'll engage on Sunday if you want to join in on the scores. And we will speak to you all again soon. Take care.